0: Today we read from 1 Kings, chapter 11. Now King Solomon loved many foreign women, along with the daughter of Pharaoh, Moabite, Ammonite, Edomite, Sidonian, and Hittite women, from the nations concerning which Yahweh had said to the people of Israel, You shall not enter into marriage with them, neither shall they with you, for surely they will turn away your heart after their gods. Solomon clung to these in love. He had seven hundred wives who were princesses and three hundred concubines, and his wives turned away his heart. For when Solomon was old, his wives turned away his heart after other gods, and his heart was not wholly true to Yahweh's God, as was the heart of David his father. For Solomon went after Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidonians, and after Milcom, the abomination of the Ammonites. So Solomon did what was evil in the sight of Yahweh, and did not wholly follow Yahweh as David his father had done. Then Solomon built a high place for Chemosh, the abomination of Moab, and for Molech, the abomination of the Ammonites, on the mountain east of Jerusalem. And so he did for all his foreign wives who made offerings and sacrificed to their gods. And Yahweh was angry with Solomon because his heart had turned away from Yahweh, the God of Israel, who had appeared to him twice and had commanded him concerning this thing, that he should not go after other gods. But he did not keep what Yahweh commanded. Therefore Yahweh said to Solomon, Since this has been your practice, and you have not kept my covenant and my statutes that I have commanded you, I will surely tear the kingdom from you and will give it to your servant. Yet for the sake of David your father I will not do it in your days, but I will tear it out of the hand of your son." However, I will not tear away all the kingdom, but I will give one tribe to your son for the sake of David my servant, and for the sake of Jerusalem that I have chosen. And Yahweh raised up an adversary against Solomon, Hadad the Edomite. He was of the royal house in Edom. For when David was in Edom, and Joab the commander of the army went up to bury the slain, he struck down every male in Edom. For Joab and all Israel remained there six months until he had cut off every male in Edom. But Hadad fled to Egypt, together with certain Edomites of his father's servants, Hadad still being a little child. They set out for Midian and came to Paran, and took men with them from Paran, and came to Egypt, to Pharaoh king of Egypt, who gave him a house and assigned him an allowance of food and gave him land. And Hadad found great favor in the sight of Pharaoh. So that he gave him in marriage the sister of his own wife, the sister of Toppenes, the queen. And the sister of Toppenes bore him Ginebath, his son, whom Toppenes weaned in Pharaoh's house. And when Ginebath was in Pharaoh's house among the sons of Pharaoh. But when Hadad heard in Egypt that David slept with his fathers, and Joab the commander of the army was dead, Hadad said to Pharaoh, Let me depart, that I may go to my own country. But Pharaoh said to him, What have you lacked with me that you are now seeking to go to your own country? And he said to him, Only let me depart. God also raised up an adversary to him, Rezan, the son of Eliada, who fled from his master Hadadezer, king of Zobah. And he gathered men about him and became leader of a marauding band after the killing by David. And they went to Damascus and lived there and made him king in Damascus. He was an adversary of Israel all the days of Solomon, doing harm as Hadad did. And he loathed Israel and reigned over Syria. Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, an Ephraimite of Zerida, a servant of Solomon, whose mother's name was Zeruah, a widow, also lifted up his hand against the king. And this was the reason why he lifted up his hand against the king. Solomon built the Melo and closed up the breach of the city of David his father. The man Jeroboam was very able, and when Solomon saw that the young man was industrious, he gave him charge over all the forced labor of the house of Joseph. And at that time, when Jeroboam went out of Jerusalem, the prophet Ahijah the Shilohanite found him on the road. Now Ahijah had dressed himself in a new garment, and the two of them were alone in the open country. Then Ahijah laid hold of the new garment that was on him and tore it into twelve pieces. And he said to Jeroboam, Take for yourself... 10 pieces for thus says yahweh the god of israel behold i am about to tear the kingdom from the hand of solomon and will give you 10 tribes but he shall have one tribe for the sake of my servant david and for the sake of jerusalem the city that i have chosen out of all the tribes of israel because they have forsaken me and worshiped ashtoreth the goddess of the sidonians kamash the god of moab and milcom the god of the ammonites And they have not walked in my ways, doing what is right in my sight, and keeping my statutes and my rules as David his father did. Nevertheless, I will not take the whole kingdom out of his hand, but I will make him ruler all the days of his life, for the sake of David my servant whom I chose, who kept my commandments and my statutes. But I will take the kingdom out of his son's hand, and will give it to you, ten tribes, Yet to his son I will give one tribe, that David my servant may always have a lamp before me in Jerusalem, the city where I have chosen to put my name. And I will take you, and you shall reign over all that your soul desires, and you shall be king over Israel. And if you will listen to all that I command you, and will walk in my ways, and do what is right in my eyes by keeping my statutes and my commandments, as David my servant did, I will be with you and will build you a sure house as I built for David, and I will give Israel to you, and I will afflict the offspring of David because of this, but not forever. Solomon therefore sought to kill Jeroboam, but Jeroboam arose and fled to Egypt, to Shishak, king of Egypt, and was in Egypt until the death of Solomon. Now the rest of the acts of Solomon, and all that he did in his wisdom, are they not written in the book of the acts of Solomon? And the time that Solomon reigned in Jerusalem over all Israel was forty years. And Solomon slept with his fathers and was buried in the city of David his father. And Rehoboam his son reigned in his place. This is the word of the Lord. Our text today really leads us to believe Solomon is not in paradise. It's a hard text as you start it out. Solomon loved many foreign women and I was gonna quote for you from Deuteronomy chapter 7 verses 3 and 4 But there's no need because God does it himself right there in verse 2 That's where the prohibition comes in in the book of Deuteronomy again chapter 7 is the citation here You shall not enter into marriage with them neither shall they with you for they will turn your away your heart after their gods This was God's warning and command to his Old Testament people of Israel, they were not to marry outside of Israel. This has nothing to do with race. It has mistakenly been taken that way by Christians in in history, but this has everything to do with faith. For when you marry them, they will turn away your heart after their gods. Yahweh does not permit his people to marry people of other faiths because he knows the temptation that will come to worship their false gods. In a way, you could say that prohibition doesn't exist any longer in the New Testament church today, but the wisdom is still there. We see this. We see this, unfortunately, happen frequently in today's culture, that, that young Christian men or young Christian women will marry somebody because they're in love. Right? Was that verse? Is that three? No, it's still verse two. Solomon clung to these in love. They'll marry out of love, but they marry somebody who isn't a Christian. And over time, we see them stop going to church. And over time, we see them no longer seeming to have any interest in the Christian faith. It happens. It's a danger. And the Lord foresaw it long ago and warned us against it. And Solomon Solomon doesn't follow. He doesn't go the Lord's way here. And in fact, oftentimes we read this and we get stumped by the number of wives that Solomon has. I mean, concubines are like lesser wives. So 700 plus 300, easy math there. That's a thousand wives that Solomon has. And we get stumped on that. We get hooked on that. And we, we start thinking about the idea of polygamy. Let's take a step backwards from that even though. The problem, again, is that they're outside of his nation. So they're going to lead him astray. And we see that they do. But also, as we talked about in previous chapters, the lack of trust from Solomon here. Just as we mentioned when he married the daughter of Pharaoh. These 700 wives are princesses. They're daughters of foreign powers. These are alliances, because Solomon doesn't trust that God will protect him. He's seeking to do it himself. I might get in trouble for saying this. That's the bigger problem here than polygamy at least. The biggest problem here is is that these women turn away his heart. Solomon Solomon falls away from faith. Look at the the false gods that are mentioned. Ashtoreth she shows up frequently enough in the Old Testament. Um, the Asherim, the poles used to worship her. We don't know as much about Milcom or Kamash from scripture. We do know a little of Molech from scripture that, that the gods of the, the god of the Ammonites, their Molech, they practice child sacrifice. How many of Solomon's own children may have been sacrificed to Molech? So he did for all his foreign wives. That's a lot of altars that he built for them. High places for them to worship these false gods, and again we see here. He does it too. His heart has turned away to seek after the heart of their gods. The promise that God had made to Solomon before, back in chapter 9, verses 4 through 7, was that he was going to establish his throne forever, if if Solomon would walk in his ways. So for however long Solomon and his children would be faithful, the Lord would provide for them, and the Lord would give them this kingdom. But if they rejected him, if they turned away, God would take this kingdom away. He would tear down that temple, and these things will be fulfilled in the time to come. For the sake of David... That little phrase shows up in this chapter, I don't know, four times maybe? It's at least three. Four. I see it four times. We've got it here in verse 12, again in verse 13. It's over there in verse 32. And again in verse 34. I might be missing one of I skim through. God has made David a promise. And God is going to keep his end of the promise even though David's family will not be faithful to him. That's the beauty of, of God for us. We are not faithful. We do not keep our word to the Lord that we will be faithful to him in all things. That we will trust in him above all things. And yet he remains faithful to us. He has sent to us his son, Jesus Christ, to take away our unfaithfulness and to restore us back to him again. Now, God is going to raise up here three enemies for Solomon. And really, it's two enemies and one of Solomon's own making. So the first is Hadad. Hadad is an Edomite. The Edomites are descendants of Esau the twin brother of Jacob. And they live in the south, off to the south-southeast of, of Israel's territory. I'm not sure if the event described in verse 15 is the same as 2 Samuel chapter 8, verse 13, where we see David ordering the, the destruction of many Edomite males. Um, I think it was 16,000, 18,000, something like that. Doesn't seem like that would have been the fullness of Edom's population. Not like verse fifteen talks about here. This is this sounds more intense of a persecution of that people. Verse seventeen, though, Hadad was able to escape with some of the others of his household. They flee from the land of Edom. They cross through Midian. They go to Egypt. And the Pharaoh of Egypt takes them into his house, cares for them, provides for them, keeps them safe. Hadad finds favor in Pharaoh's sight. Pharaoh gives him his own sister-in-law as a wife. Together they have a son. And eventually, when David dies, Hadad seeks to go home. He wants his country back. He wants to be king of his own people and not serve under Pharaoh. Pharaoh's question is fair. I mean, what have you lacked with me that you are now seeking to go to your own country? Hadad is not lacking anything in Egypt, but Hadad wants to be his own power, and he'll he'll do so. He'll accomplish that. Now, you can ask a couple questions based on this paragraph. Who in Israel in the past kind of fled the opposite direction? So Hadad flees. He's going westward from Edom. He travels through Midian, to Egypt, Who fled from Egypt eastward to Midian? That's a reference to Moses there, uh, as we see when Pharaoh learns that Moses has killed one of the, the taskmasters, one of the Egyptian men, in protection of a Hebrew slave. Moses ends up living in Midian for 40 years, marries Zipporah, the daughter of a, a pagan priest by the name of Jethro. Another question you could go a different direction with this in, uh, or even a follow-up, in the New Testament, who do we see flee to Egypt? And this could get you talking about the, the early days of Jesus, just as we see here that the instruction was to strike down every male in Edom, and so Hadad flees to Egypt being a little child. King Herod is going to order the destruction of all the baby boys, really all the infant boys, In Bethlehem, and so Mary and Joseph, Joseph being warned in the dream, will take up their son, Jesus. They'll flee down to Egypt, and as Hadad stays in Egypt until he learns of of David's death, so Joseph remains in Egypt with his son until learning that it was safe to return home because Herod had died. So something to consider there. It's a, a parallel that you might want to pick up on and give you the chance to talk about the, one of the birth narratives of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The second adversary we see here, Rezin. Um, Rezin, another, another man who escapes the sword of David. As David defeats Hadadezer, the king of Zobah, Rezin is not killed in that conflict, it takes up a, a band of, of men himself, and eventually fights his way to a kingship. They travel to Damascus, which becomes the capital city over the nation of Syria. And in a sense, he's, he's getting that going. And he's going to fight against Solomon all the days that he's there. The last one here is Solomon's own making. So Jeroboam is an Israelite. He's an Ephraimite, which is one of Joseph's sons, Ephraim and Manasseh. So one of the tribes... He serves the king. The king, as he, he's building the Milo, puts Jeroboam in charge of the, the forced labor from the house of Joseph, being both Ephraim and Manasseh. So Jeroboam's got a large role. Then we get the asides account, which is really the point of including it at all. Prophet Ahijah takes Jeroboam and tells him that God has taken away the tribes of Israel from Solomon, and he's going to give them to Jeroboam. Ten out of the twelve tribes are going to side with Jeroboam in tomorrow's chapter. We'll see that in the reading. And he gives them the reason, because they have forsaken me. God is going to give them to Jeroboam, and he tasks Jeroboam with the same charge. If you will listen to all that I command you, if you will walk in my ways... I will be with you and will build you a sure house I will give Israel to you Now you can talk about this with your kids Jeroboam is being given this promise because of Solomon's unfaithfulness that we read about earlier in the chapter Do you think Jeroboam is going to be faithful Do you think Jeroboam will learn the lesson of his his former king Solomon The answer to that is, unfortunately, no. Jeroboam is going to create um, false gods of his own, as we'll see tomorrow, that he will chase after instead. And so unfaithfulness continues in the land of Israel. Jeroboam flees Solomon uh, and heads down to Egypt until Solomon dies. So another connection similar to what we were just talking about. The rest of the Acts of Solomon are recorded in a book that we don't have. The Old Testament does this sometimes. It'll reference something like the books of the Acts of Solomon. We just don't have that one, so I I can't comment anymore on what might have been written there in the past. Rehoboam takes over the throne as the son of Solomon at the death of his father.